Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast and Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you downloaded us from. Thank you for doing that. This is episode 1067B. The bees are always great guests that we're lucky enough to have, and we have a sensational one today. Dr. Rusha Gupta, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, wrote a book called Food Without Fear, and it's a sensational book on how to think about your food and how to consume it without fear. Uh, She is at Northwestern, a pediatrician who runs a large laboratory research program um, in addition to um, being a professor. I think you're a full professor of pediatrics and medicine at the Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine. She's an attending at their gorgeous uh, Robert H. Lurie Ann and Robert H. Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago. Um, and she is the founding director of the Center for Food Allergy and Asthma Research at Northwestern. Uh, so I can't thank you enough, uh, Dr. Gupta, for being here, and thank you for it. I should say, if you want to find out more about this book, um, and I'll mention this again, but it is foodwithoutfearbook.com, foodwithoutfearbook.com. Um, and as usual, we are sponsored by Life's First Naturals, which has bovine colostrum as a major product. It does help us adults who exercise a lot prevent leaky gut syndrome, as well as those who take non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs from having a gut problem. Um, Dr. Gupta, Thanks very much for coming on, and I'm going to start with the first question of what got you interested in fear associated with food? Well, thank you for so much for having me and for that very kind introduction. Um, so, you know, I, I've been studying food allergies and food conditions for 17 years now, and, you know, what we have found is that about one in five people adults actually in the U.S. say they have a food allergy or a related condition. And that's a lot of people, right? So one in five. And if you, you know, are ever at a dinner party or a get together, you probably notice it. You know, there's a lot of intolerances and sensitivities and and people are avoiding foods. Um, But out of that one in five, only about one in 20 get a diagnosis. So what typically happens is you eat a food, you have a negative reaction, and you think it's a food allergy or something, and then you take it out of your diet. But, you know, what concerns me is, you know, my own daughter has a food allergy and living, avoiding of food and all your meals every day is a lot of work and it's a lot of stress. And if it is a true food allergy, it's scary because, you know, you could have a life-threatening reaction. So the purpose of writing this book was to, to really help people understand, you know, what is happening in their body when they eat a food. So we go through the science, but also really just, you know, determine, you know, what is it? What, what do they have? Is it an intolerance? Is it a food allergy? Is it another GI condition? So we've developed a, a spectrum of conditions and symptoms 
to help you better understand. And we, there's a quiz in there that helps you narrow down, you know, what it could be. So, yeah. So to answer your question, that's it. You know, I, I just feel like there's so many people in the U.S. now avoiding foods and how do we, how do we help support them um, and empower them to better understand what they have and how to manage it? Well, let's go back to the original idea. How did you get involved in food? What was your upbringing that got you into interested in this idea? Was it a, a patient you saw? Was it that your someone in your family had the problem, or how did you get interested in this this general topic? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I'd love to tell you. So I uh, so I finished my residency and then I did a fellowship in Boston in research. And I moved to Chicago and started working um, as a pediatrician, but then as a researcher. And I was looking at asthma because it's one of the most common things kids have. And then to exactly your point, what you just said, I met a family who had two young kids with food allergies. And they were very, very concerned about their kids' food allergies. And they um, they were talking to me about how there's so little known about food allergies and, you know, how we didn't even know at that time how many people had food allergies or what kinds of food allergies or how severe they were. And so um, as I started talking to them, I got really curious and, you know, their their passion and their, you know, care about this topic intrigued me. So I, I started looking into it and I realized they were right. You know, it was a very new area that we didn't know a lot about. We weren't collecting this data on a national level. And I had just finished my fellowship with these skills I thought could potentially benefit this area and families like them. So I got involved. And then interestingly, how fate would have it, three years into it, I had a, a son who loved peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and he uh, was eating it around my one-year-old daughter and sticky fingers and playing or fighting. And she must have gotten some on her lips. And, uh, you know, I came down and she had broken out in hives from her face all the way down her body. And then she threw up. And lo and behold, you know, three years into studying this and talking to families, you know, all about it, I, I became a mom of a kid with food allergies. So it just fueled me even more. And it help me understand a little bit more about what it is like to live with it because I was now living with it every day. And so I became part of the community. So I kept hearing the holes, you know, where, where do we need more research? And I was fortunate enough to be a researcher that could then go back to my lab and, and start looking into it. So that's kind of how I got into it. And that's how it became my 24 seven job. And, you know, my ultimate goal is to, is to support adults, children, families to be empowered, to really understand what they have, understand how to manage it and how to treat it. Because what's exciting is now we actually have prevention methods and treatment methods. So all of that's in the book and happy to talk about any of it that sounds intriguing to you. Let me go back just a little bit on that idea. One of the things that you explore well in the book is the mechanism of allergy, if you will, why we get allergies. And one of the things that seems to be interesting, at least, is that the bacteria in our gut change the foods we're eating into something else, and it can be 
something that we're sensitive to, either allergic to or sensitive to. So let's first, for the, for the audience, define the difference between an intolerance and an allergy. And then let's talk about the microbiome, the, all those bacteria inside your gut and how they play a role. Yes. Oh, that's great. Okay. So this is a very important question, and this is something we really get deeper into in the book. But basically, a food allergy is a immune-mediated condition. So your immune system is attacking the food, right? So it thinks it's an invader, and it is attacking that food. So it releases all kinds of um, cytokines and, and elements, things like histamine that cause all the symptoms you can get with food allergy. And so because it's this immune-mediated condition, you can have a rapid reaction. So oftentimes people with true food allergies will eat a food and have a reaction almost immediately. And your symptoms also can be pretty much anything any organ system. So, you know, you often hear like the skin symptoms. So you get the hives and the swelling and the itching, and then you get the mouth throat symptoms of feeling like your, you know, your throat is closing and then it goes to the respiratory. You can have trouble breathing, um, tightness in your chest, GI, a lot of symptoms include vomiting. And then you can even have cardiovascular where, you know, your blood pressure drops and you get dizzy or faint. So, um, and, you know, like we talked about, it can be life-threatening. So what's so important about food allergies, true food allergies, is that you carry your epinephrine and you have a management plan and you know how to use it and what to do. And for food allergies, you know, we call it the top nine. There's nine common foods. And those include, everyone knows about the peanuts and then the tree nuts, shellfish, finfish, milk, egg, soy, wheat, and sesame. So a lot of those foods I mentioned, milk, egg, soy, wheat, are very difficult to avoid for people. So that's, I think, something really important about food allergies. Now, an intolerance is a condition where you are missing an enzyme to digest that food. So the most common one we hear about is milk intolerance. So they're lactose intolerance, right? So you're missing the enzyme to break down the lactose. And so that is a condition where most of your symptoms are going to be GI related, right? Because you're not breaking it down. So you're getting the bloating, you're getting cramping, maybe diarrhea, maybe vomiting, you know, but they're mainly GI related. And so this is where it gets complicated, right? For milk, are you lactose intolerant or do you truly have a milk allergy? Because it is one of the most common immune-mediated food allergies. Another one that I'm sure people get very confused about is gluten. So wheat is one of the top food allergies, but also you could have an intolerance, a gluten intolerance, where again, you get more the GI symptoms. Sometimes people feel foggy or get headaches. But then even with wheat, you can even have celiac disease, which is a completely different condition where it is also immune-mediated, but not in the same way, where it is actually changing your gut lining, and so you're having trouble digesting, so you're still getting GI-type symptoms. So, again, so my point in explaining all this is if something happens when you eat gluten or wheat, it is important then to know, was that a true food allergy? Was it a sensitivity or intolerance, or 
could it be celiac? So that's an example of, you know, the differences and then also the confusion. Now, what role does the bacteria inside your gut play in this? Yeah, so this is one of the hottest topics right now, uh, the microbiome. So millions of microbes, actually billions of microbes everywhere and in your gut, on your skin. And we're really understanding the importance of this as researchers every day. And I know you had discussed um, the microbiome when we started a little bit about it, but it is so critical for so many conditions and definitely is being studied extensively for food allergies. So what the theory is, is we have all these microbes and we have good bacteria that help with digestion, that help with our immune system, et cetera. And they live in our gut. And so what scientists are trying to figure out is what are good bacteria? And is there a difference with people who have, say, food allergies and who don't in the composition of that bacteria? And we're getting closer. We don't have any definitive answers, but we do have some clues leading us in the right direction. Um, But what happens, and I think this is, you know, a lot of people ask the whole why. Why are we seeing this increase in this generation? Because when we were all young, you know, everyone took peanut butter and jelly to school and there were, you never heard about this like you do today. So what switched, you know, what turned on the switch to increasing how many food allergies there are? So some of it is this whole microbiome. So did we become too clean? Did we stop playing in the dirt so that we did not, you know, develop our microbiome to the level that we should? Did we, um, did we start using too many antibiotics in, in pregnant women or in newborns? You know, the use of antibacterial, everything in our homes, you know, what has changed? Because when you take antibiotics, it may get rid of the bad bacteria, but what is it doing to the good bacteria? So a lot of these questions, you know, things like C-sections, um, does that, is that related because the babies aren't going and getting mom's bacteria? They're coming out sterile. So all of these questions are being asked because so many things have changed that may change our microbiome in just one generation. And if you were to place a bet on how important the microbiome is to these allergies and to food intolerances, would you say that in five to 10 years, we'll have a pill that changes our microbiome or we'll get a microbiome transplant from someone who is relatively healthy as we do with uh, C. diff now? Or how will, how will we handle this, do you think, five to 10 years from now? That is such a good question, and I would place a bet on, yes, we will know more. We will know what types of bacteria, and it's already happening. I mean, things are coming out now to improve your microbiome. It's just that we don't have it solidified knowing exactly what we should be giving people, um, but it, it's, it's happening, and I do believe in the next five to 10 years, not only will we have you know solutions for your microbiome, but at least for a couple of these conditions, we are getting better treatments. So for food allergies, for example, there's already one FDA-approved treatment, which is an oral immunotherapy. So you, it's for peanuts. So you eat small amounts and then you dose up so that you can tolerate some peanut in your diet. And that is already now one of them is FDA-approved. There's a ton for other foods 
that are being developed. There is a patch that is at the cutaneous immunotherapy. So it's immunotherapy, same idea, but through your skin. There is sublingual immunotherapy, which is, you know, under your tongue. So you're getting same small doses into your body to get your immune system used to it. Um, But then there's so many biologics that are being studied too. And so there's a couple different biologics that are in clinical trials right now. So it's really important if you think you do have a food condition between the microbiome and some of these other potential treatments, um, there's going to be choices. And, And that's what gives us so much hope. And then on the flip side, I have to tell you this because if there's any like new parents, caregivers listening, a big discovery that was made just in the past couple of years is that we could potentially prevent food allergies by introducing foods early to our babies. So for a long time, we said don't introduce peanuts till age three because we saw this incredible rise in peanut allergy. And then all of a sudden, there were finally studies done that show that actually, if you introduce peanuts early in that first year of life while your immune system is developing, you may prevent the development of peanut allergy. So it, it totally flipped. So any new caregivers, parents who are listening, it's really important to talk to your pediatrician or your child's doctor about introducing peanut products into your baby's diet early. So the prediction would be that we will have a set of treatments or set of preventive measures that will change uh, the risk of one in five having a food intolerance or food allergy to a much lower number. That's really good news. This is a sensational book. It is Food Without Fear. As you could tell, Dr. Gupta is a real pro in this area. The way to get to know more about the book is foodwithoutfearbook.com or just get it from Amazon or Barnes & Noble or your local independent. Um, Dr. Gupta, I really appreciate how well you've done on writing this book, how comprehensive it is. It is really a sensational book. Uh, The interview can't do justice to the book. I should uh, mention that the interview is sponsored. Our program is sponsored, not the interview itself, but our program is sponsored by Life's First Naturals and its bovine colostrum to help you and your gut deal with the bloating and the problems of leaky gut after exercise or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Thanks very much, Dr. Gupta. Thanks, Caitlin, for engineering. And thank you for downloading us. We'll be back next week.